Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. to announce that we will be sponsored by High and Happy Catering out of Springfield, Massachusetts. High and Happy Catering creates gourmet meals for small or large events with a twist. All of their meals are cannabis infused. If you are looking to have a real happy meal, call them at 413-785-8999 or search for them on Instagram at High and Happy Catering. You'll be happy you did. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. My name is Brad Chandler. This is episode 96. We have a very, very special guest with us today. We have Jen McCaffrey from The Athletic. How are we doing tonight? Pretty good, guys. How about you? Living the dream. Uh, also with me, I have my co-hosts, as usual, Hogdale and Brady. How are we doing this evening, gentlemen? Why'd you have to say like live in the dream? That's like what my mom says to like the grocery clerk, like to say I'm dead inside. And like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm unemployed right now, so I am pretty much dead inside. Off to a great so, start. This off is to a blazing start. Perfect. Uh, so how are you guys doing? Just great. Living the dream. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Doing well. Good for you. Good for you. All right, Jen, let's just get right into it. Um, So I've admitted throughout the time that we've uh, been doing this podcast that I didn't grow up as a Red Sox fan. Uh, I actually was a part of the uh, Yankee fandom. I found the I found the way I found the light. So my first question for you is, uh, did you grow up a Sox fan? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up about an hour South of Boston. Um, so yeah, kind of my initial introduction into baseball was watching games with my dad and grandpa growing up. Um, so yeah, I was a, was a pretty big fan growing up, just following, following along and also just like reading the globe, watching Nesson. And that's sort of how I kind of wanted to get into the business. And then, yeah, once you kind of hit your internship phase and early job phase and, 
start getting into the industry. Um, the fandom quickly <laughs> goes away once you have deadlines to meet and you meet uh, meet people that maybe aren't uh, the childhood heroes that you thought <laughs> that you said they were and maybe run into some uh, issues along the way. But yeah, no, um, I still obviously love the game. Um, but yeah, I grew up when I was a kid. I loved, yeah, loved watching the game, loved those teams um, growing up and um, yeah, have a, uh, have, have a fond memory of, of all that. So trying to be, um, I know you, you can't really be uh, biased or whatever, but uh, who was your favorite player? Honest, so honestly, like growing, I was like a big, like history nerd. Um, and so I, I wanted to like learn as much as possible about like the early days of the team and just like, um, you know, players that I hadn't, um, watched in person. And so I think it was like in high school, I read Yaz's autobiography and I like became like obsessed with Yaz. Um, and so, and wore like number eight and everything, like memorized his stats from like every year he played. So never saw him play. Like obviously he retired before I was born. Um, my dad and grandpa were actually at the, at the game the day he retired and they have like a poster from, um, that they like handed out that day or whatever in 83. And uh, so I, I have that as like a little memorabilia thing and a little nook in my uh, apartment. But um, I guess a player that like I watched, I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, like growing, I was, uh, I played outfield when I played softball. So I was like a big Troy O'Leary <laughs> fan. I was oh, like, yeah. he plays what I play. He was center field. Um, you know, I kind of roamed around a lot actually, but, uh, but yeah, um, maybe I'll go with him. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, my the player that changed me from uh, being a Yankee fan to a Red Sox fan, I think I think these guys actually found out last night. Uh, Mike Greenwell, I watched him. There was uh, I don't know what year it was, I don't know what day it was, I don't know what team they were playing, but he had a home run over the Green Monster and it went completely out of the park. And I was just like, that guy is strong, you know. So as a kid, I'm like, that's my guy. And then later on, came came, came to find out he didn't have a he he had uh what was what what did you say the other day Brady? Uh, it was he Mike had, Green Mike Greenwell power. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. All, all, almost gone. Uh yeah, Mike Greenwell gave you glimpses of, you know, what he, what he could be. Yeah. Yeah. But uh didn't always be able to put it through but uh but a good I think it was really tight with Nomar guy too. Uh you know, during that time. Um Jen, I had a couple questions for you, real quick. Is uh, as as a longtime Sox fan um, and and now writer, if you were to rank the four championships uh, in terms of uh, whether a fan perspective or just like importance or you know however you want to do it, uh, if you were to rank them, how, how would you do it? Um, that's a good question. Let's see. I think yeah, I think most fans obviously put O four at the top. I think 13 meant to a lot to people around here. Um, and, you know, I know 07 gets kind of swept under the rug. A lot of people in the front office, that was like the year that everything came together for them. 04 was sort of a fluke. And they always kind of view 07 as the uh, as as the year that everything kind of culminated in, in the way that they thought it was going to. And then, of course, it took a little while, a little while, what, six years, uh, to, to come back to, to championship caliber uh, form again. But... I don't know, I guess 18 was so dominant. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if – I feel like people around here maybe 
Maybe 07, though, because, uh, you know, people around here probably would say, like, you know, there actually wasn't just 04 wasn't a fluke, and maybe the franchise is kind of turning itself around. um, 18, I think, was obviously a a dominant year for them, but um, I I feel like (laughs) – I feel like the uh, the passion of uh, of baseball sort of has been lost a little bit uh, in this neck of the woods, especially compared to those early ones. Um, so there were definitely, obviously, a passionate group of fans that were um, in love with that season and, and happy to see that season happen. But um, and all the the history that they made, but I also feel like it definitely wasn't anywhere near, you know. Um, what it what it was in the earlier part of the decade or previous decade. Yeah, no, I think you make up a good point, which was so impressive because this postseason, it seemed like Fenway was rocking, you know, like days of old. I thought it was kind of cool to see, you know, the fan base. I don't know, maybe it was so little lack of being in person for 2020 and finally something to cheer about. Um, but uh, would, would you agree that that the postseason, it was a different vibe? Yeah, I mean, it was as loud as I've heard it at Fenway, even I'd say like 2013. Like, I feel like we haven't heard it even in 18. It was it was loud, obviously. But uh, yeah, that that game against the wild card game against the Yankees was like unbelievable how loud it was. And it wasn't just because they hadn't had, um, you know, fans the previous year. There'd been fans, obviously, in the stands throughout the summer this past year. But I think it was just kind of the fans in the stands throughout this past summer, I feel like were people that were just trying, <laughs> trying to get out and do things and finally feeling like they could. No. Um, and maybe not necessarily super paying, you know, paying super close attention to the game. But I think once the Red Sox got into the, into the playoffs and there was something on the line, the Yankees were there and there was so much kind of tension at the end of the season, if they were even going to get in. Um, I think you really saw the kind of the, the passionate fans, the ones that have, stuck through a lot of the highs and lows come out that game. And maybe that's what it was. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really loud. And and I don't, I, you know, I started covering the team really in like 2013, 14 on a regular basis. And I, I feel like it's as loud as I've heard it. Great. Hogdale, it looked like you were about to ask a question. No, I was going to add to her point. It's like 18 was kind of weird. And like that, the team was just so dominant. It's like they didn't really face any adversity. So it was kind of like the fan base, like, kind of accept, like, yeah, they're going to win. Like, there's nothing really to fear here. They're just going to steamroll everyone. And, like, I just feel like, especially in Boston, like, that market, like, the the adversity is what really makes, like, the real passionate fans, like, give their 150%. Because, like, obviously this team this year that made the playoffs, like, they weren't really expected to do anything. And, like, they overachieved. And, like, this market loves overachievers. And, like, that's what gets them to come out and just give it their all. Jen, when you brought up 04, I'm just curious, I, I, someone I respect your opinion, if you uh, top five most influential to the championship run in 04, um, who, you know, because there, there's so many. I mean, when you really look at it, um, you know, I just watched the 30 for 30 again for like the 50th time the other day, and I, I, I can't remember quite who it was. Someone commented that uh, – like Mark Bellhorn had some big moments and he was like the 17th most important player. Um, but top five, uh, who would you put first? Who would you put second? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, uh, like Schilling comes to mind, obviously. I know he's not a popular guy nowadays, but uh, they wouldn't be here without him. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Pedro. Um, yeah. Um, 
Honestly, like, you know, you think about the the trade, you know, the Nomar trade at the deadline and people, I feel like, I don't know if he'd be in a top five, but Orlando Cabrera and what he kind of did in that second half to kind of boost them and yep. kind of stabilize things a little bit. Um, I feel like we always end up sort of forgetting about him or he's, you know, someone on the, on the sidelines um, that never spoken as much about because he wasn't one of the big names obviously Ortiz I mean maybe he'd be number one and then Schilling and then Pedro um gosh yeah I mean there are so many of those I'm like trying to run through the roster in my mind right now um but Keith yeah has I mean, got to be in there spoke, right yeah I mean he'd be probably maybe he's I don't even know no. is he like is he like three or four and do you move Pedro down? I don't know like it's uh that's uh, a good uh, that's a good like mental exercise I feel like I need to I feel like what, what Keith Folk did in the postseason was extraordinary. Uh, yeah, and I guess maybe just the consistent – I mean, like he was out there so often, you know, you're looking at the rotation, and while obviously you need those guys to be on their game when they pitch, they're not they're not out there every single, you know, every single day, like kind of like how he was and how much he, he put in and just really those multi-inning stints and just really like driving himself into the ground. So, yeah – Maybe he, maybe he would be one. I'd really have to think about this. I'm clearly I'm not good on my feet when I'm thinking about making lists. <laughs> it, it's hard, but it's fun because there's still you got Manny. Yeah, obviously Manny. Jason, yeah. Jason Veritek, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, Damon. like yeah, uh, Damon. Yeah, Roberts, there's a guy named Dave Roberts who's kind of important. Uh, <laughs> no, it's kind of how you value what, um, like, it, like obviously, like the Dave Roberts, you know. Steel is like, do you, how much do you put a value on like one specific play? Like obviously that that changes like everything. So is he like the most valuable person from that, like from that off season? Yeah. Or do you put more value on Ortiz's hits or, or folks? Yeah. Folks innings or like it's, yeah, it's, I guess it depends on how you, uh, what, what you kind of weigh and yeah, that's, um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It's that's not a, easy. Good one. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. We actually look back at the box scores of the 04 and Mike Timlin, especially early. I was on thinking of Timlin when I was like running through the other guys in the bullpen. Yeah, he was, he, he was every too. day. He was yeah. just brought out. It was just like, unreal. yeah, he must have had like by the end of that year. I don't know how many innings he had regular season and postseason, but it had to be like 80. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. God, he was he was a he was a horse. So I ended up, uh, I ended up getting COVID at the end of the year. So for, uh, for like a week, I just watched all of 2004 and it's just amazing how many people that you forget 
that actually played for the team. Yeah. Um, and like you see Temlin, you know, hearing that name, it's it's just funny because back then, like I didn't pay attention to baseball all that much back in 2004. I didn't start paying attention until about 2013. The very first game I ever went to was the day before the bombing. Um, and it's just awesome. Like with the, the amount of like baseball that I watch now, well, nobody's watching baseball now, at least live baseball, that MLB baseball. Um, but like going from watching as much baseball as I did this past year and then going back and watching like the 2004, I'm going into the 2007 season. It's just awesome to see all these other things that, that happened that you just, you just forget about. Like I completely forgot about Timlin. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Bill Miller that year, obviously. Yeah. And like, yeah, Kevin Millar, obviously. Like, yeah, every, I feel like everybody was such a, Yeah, everybody was such a, a role player. It feels like there weren't that many people that I, – I feel like it'd be harder to rank the guys that didn't play a role that year. Yeah, Derek Ma- Lowe was pretty good, right? Malar. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Lowe, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – Trot Nixon? Yep. yep. <laughs> the, 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 the OG dirt dog. For sure, for sure. Um, I, Jen, I want to ask another question to you. It's changing completely decades altogether, but, uh, how, how fan? I mean, oftentimes you hear managers are overrated. They don't really have an impact At, from a fan's perspective. That looks completely ludicrous with Alex Cora, you know, with the Red Sox. I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly a different team, different mindset. 2020, I don't even, you know, just flush it out the window, but I mean, he brought such validity such 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 focus to the team um do you do you view him as a guy who you know he, he really didn't get any consideration for manager of the, of the year um do you feel that that was a mistake or like uh, you know as a fan am I, am I just too much of a homer uh for Alex Cora or what's your take on that yeah I think no I mean I think he has a uh, a huge impact on the clubhouse and on the players themselves and in getting some guys to kind of get more out of themselves um I think a big factor obviously in him not um you know getting as many votes um, or consideration for manager of the year was the suspension you know I think um outside of Boston, I think people still are very much um still still have a lot of hard feelings about that and I mean it's only been you know a year we're so removed and no matter you know we hear it on a pretty much daily basis how you know throughout the season how, how he'll answer any question or you know he'll he'll talk about it and he's very open about it but I still feel like on a national level people don't see that as much and um, are, are going to hold him against him for the rest of his career so I think that's definitely something that played into that um he got a lot out of this team this year for sure. But I also think you have to kind of look back to 19 and, you know, he was manager in 19 and, and they kind of fell off a little bit after that 18 high. So, I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta give him that too. Um, and, and he's talked a lot about that this past year. He talked a lot about how he learned from 19 while he was suspended. He said he kind of, he thought a lot about the 19 season and how they definitely did kind of let their foot off the gas too early. And they kind of, they didn't come in as, as hard as they should. And that, you know, he, he, I think mold over a lot of different, different things that if he did get a second chance, he would do differently. And I think he came in this year and tried to put a lot into the, into practice, a lot of that into practice at the same time, they almost didn't even make it into the playoffs. You know, we kind of forget the end of the season there where they were really scraping it out in that, you know, that series against the Nationals. 
Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I think by and large, um, he definitely gets a lot out of the guys um, and just is, um, I think the way he relates to people and communicates is his biggest strength and just, um, you know, he's very big, like he's a big family guy. And I think a lot of times the, the pressure and the money and the expectations in this game, you know, you kind of can get wrapped up in it. The players get wrapped up in it and maybe, you know, lose sight of everything else that's going on. And I think one of the things that I think makes him good at his job and makes him a good manager is that he doesn't really lose sight of the, you know, the family stuff, the stuff that's going on in your life, like kind of outside of, outside of baseball. And maybe that makes the guys a little looser or, you know, feel like they can come to him or feel like baseball's not life or death because, for a lot of people in Boston, it is life or death. And I think they have yep. to kind of have a little bit of a more relaxed attitude in some senses. Um, so, yeah, I think for a lot of reasons, he's a good fit here for, and, you know, it's pretty remarkable that they did bring him back, you know, even after the suspension. I think that says a lot about what they think of him. Um, you know, and Heimblum wasn't, you know, 100% convinced initially, you know, I think he was willing to listen to his his superiors that they really wanted to give him a chance. But I also think, you know, he Cora had to really kind of prove himself to, to Bloom to, to not embarrass Bloom or kind of, you know, embarrass the franchise um, to make sure that something like that wasn't going to happen again. So um, yeah, I do. I do think you have to give him a lot of credit. But I also think you kind of have to look at kind of the whole picture too. Was it, is it true that there was some tension between uh, Cora and Bloom? Like, I, I don't. I, I think mean, it I was like. Go ahead. I was. I don't think any more than a normal relationship. I mean, there were there was tension between Cora and Dombrowski at times. I mean, I, I think in any sort of um, working relationship, you're going to have disagreements about how different things are 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 done um and i think you can still get along with someone and disagree with what they're doing at the end of the day cora has to deal with whoever bloom's gonna put on the field for him and maybe he wished he had more in some senses or had done different made different moves or called up or not called up certain guys but um it's kind of the parameters you have to work within and that's kind of on you to make sure you can you know get the most out of what you have so you know i mean yeah, there are probably tensions here and there, but I don't think, and again, this is probably maybe we would have known a little bit more if we were in the clubhouse or a little bit closer. We really didn't get even down onto the field until June. Um, and that was only kind of like standing outside on the, you know, outside the, outside the dugout. So, I mean, you do kind of miss a lot of those interactions, those interpersonal connections, you know, that uh, being in the clubhouse and not having had that, it is a little bit harder to to gauge how people interact and what conversations people have and who's talking to who and whatnot. So maybe there was more that we don't know about, but from, from what I could tell, you know, I'm sh- there were definitely, I'm sure disagreements at times and, but I don't think it was anything that, you know, um, that we greatly missed um, because, you know, I don't think that was anything that was a, a huge uh, piece of last year. Yeah, WEI kept like harping on that, saying that there was some tension between him and uh, him and Bloom. So, a uh, couple more questions, and uh, we'll let you go. So, um, Chris Sale, he had his Tommy John surgery. He came back 
uh, what are what are the expectations from him going forward in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that I think I think a lot of people are kind of already writing him off, like you know he's going to retire next year or something. I, I think there's still a lot <laughs> a lot left there. I, and knowing you know Chris Sale and just kind of the you know the fiery way that he presents himself and kind of the competitiveness and how he has not been happy obviously and for for good reason with with his performance the past couple of years i think he i think kind of like that chip on his shoulder is really going to drive him forward and i think it did this past year except he just had these you know physical limitations i think he was pushing himself as pretty much as far as he could and while he was you know and the results actually weren't awful. Um, of course, they were at the very end there, but I think he kind of ran out of steam. So I don't know. I, I think a kind of a normal off season for the first time in a while, um, you know, will do him good and have will have done him good. I mean, I guess we say that now we haven't really, you know, checked in with him. So we don't know, you know, where he is in terms of what he's been doing this off season. But, you know, if everything's been going, you know, as according to planned and he comes in healthy, I, I think he can kind of be back to, to, you know, you, you can expect to have a really good starter, you know, at the top of your rotation. I don't, I don't think he's going to go out there and have like a 250 ERA, but like, I think, you know, you can expect someone with like a 350 ERA, like, you know, 175 to 200 strikeouts. I think that he can still put that up. And I know people are skeptical um, and, and don't, don't believe in what he, what he has to offer. But I think a lot of it was just sort of getting back on the mound and getting back that feel for, you know, something that you've done your whole life, but haven't been able to do for like a, a year or so, um, probably even more than that, just to, the, to his caliber even. So I think that played a lot into it. And it's such a, like a, it's, there are so many finesse move movements on the mound, even though, you know, he has the power and, He's kind of coming back and, and figuring out how to work with his 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 pitches differently. I, I think just relearning those very fine motor skills and kind of trying to place the ball in a really tight, you know, square over the plate, it takes a while. And I think people wanted to see that him him be like a Cy Young guy right away. Um, right. I don't think that was realistic. But but yeah, no, I, I think he can come back and be a good pitcher. And I think he's he's got he's kind of got a like I said a chip on his shoulder to prove that. So I think I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he he comes out and has a, a pretty good year. So do you think it'll be uh, it'll be Sale as the number one, or do you think Evaldi will be number one? I mean, I think at this point, Evaldi um, probably has earned that you know one spot just coming off of last year. Um, but I mean. I don't even know if they look at it. I know that's kind of a, a, a thing that we always kind of talk right. about, but I'm not even sure. I mean, I guess heading into the playoffs, if you're looking at a one, two guy, but I mean, in the middle of the year, I don't, I'm, I'd be surprised if they didn't give Avaldi the opening day start um, again, you know, I guess a lot can change between now and then, but right. I think coming off of last year, I could see Cora kind of likes to do, reward guys for for what they've done you know previously and obviously sales come through a lot but i think of kind of earned earned that that's he's earned that basically um and and sale i think is going to be i think sales going to be good but i think he's still gonna be working back towards that spot i guess if you will all right i got two more questions for you uh whitlock and hauk uh where do you see them 
are, do you believe they'll be in the pen still, or do you believe they'll be on a starting rotation? Yeah, we still, you know, that's probably one of the bigger questions entering the season is what they're going to do with Whitlock. And, you know, they talked, we've talked a lot about how stretching out Whitlock would make sense. And, you know, obviously he's previously was a starter and this past year was his first time in the bullpen. Um, And, you know, it would make sense just given how successful, you know, he's, he's been in those little, those few multi-inning stints that he's had, or he had a lot of multi-inning stints to see what else you can get out of him. You know, I don't know that you want to bounce him back and forth, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they try to start stretching him out to see, you know, if he can be as dominant as a starter as he can as a reliever. Um, That said, you know, they need bullpen help and they need to add guys in the bullpen, not subtract them. So, you know, you're having Matt Barnes come back, but you know, what kind of Matt Barnes are you going to get? I I don't, I think. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Barnes will be better than, you know, what he was in the second half, or at least they better hope that, um, with the contract that he signed last summer. But, um... I don't think he's going to be as awful and, you know, but I also don't know that he's their bona fide closer. And I think they could use a guy or at least another arm or two in the bullpen. Um, especially if you're moving Whitlock, you know, or trying to move Whitlock into the rotation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, at, at this point too, I think, you know, Hauk still kind of has that, is he the long man kind of guy? Is he is is Waka gonna kind of like piggyback off him? Or are they gonna try to give him some starts? Totally forgot about um, him. You know, right now you have uh, what is it? Sale of Aldi, Rich Hill, um, and then uh, Nick Pavetta is four your four guys. So who gets that fifth spot? Are you gonna give Whitlock a shot, or are you gonna give Hauk a shot, or are you gonna try to go give them both you know time in the rotation and in a few innings here and there? So. It's that's definitely probably one of the bigger questions that we have heading into spring training. Yeah, Jen, you, you had me chuckling there. Uh, I, I have a Matt Barnes uh, phobia uh, or, or, or hang up. Uh, we have he hates recently. Matt Barnes. Uh, he he's like, it's another. I'm sure Matt Barnes story is a for great dude, Brady. Why do you he's hate him? Probably. So much? Uh, you know, why. Uh, <laughs> he's but um, my question was going to lead into you just to say. Uh, July 1st, who's the closer of the Boston Red Sox? Uh, is, is he on the team currently, do you think? Is, is it is it a trade? Is, is, I mean, there's not a whole lot left for free agent signings. There's some interesting guys who, who have some experience. Is, is it Hauk? Is it Whitlock? Is it Hansel Robles? Please know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I if I had to take a guess, I would say he's not on the team right now. Um, but at the same time, you know, the closer's role has been such a kind of weird spot over the past few years where the Red Sox, even with Whitlock, you know, wasn't necessarily just a ninth inning shutdown thing. It was kind of like they were giving the ball 
to Whitlock for the most high leverage spot. You know, when the middle of the order, the three, four, five guys were coming up or the, the best hitters were coming up, that might have been in the seventh, you know, and he'd pitch again in the eighth. And then one of their better arms, but still not, you know, best arm would be in the ninth. So, I mean, I think um, I, I, I could see them kind of continuing with that, but I think they also need a couple more solidify, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are guys that are going to lock things down a little bit more and make things a little bit more comfortable than maybe, you know, Ryan Brazier and Matt Barnes. I think you want at least another couple guys to kind of, um, even just for health reasons, you know, give depth mm-hmm. to the bullpen. Um, so yeah, I mean that that top high leverage guy. I don't know. I don't know if he's on this team right now. And maybe that is through a trade before spring training or early in the season. And I guess it all depends on when the season starts. They're going to bring back junk ball G. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I like your answer, Jen, because I, I, I agree. I don't think that that person is, is said on the roster right now. Yeah. And I think, I, I think Barnes will bounce back, you know, and, and be better, but I also don't know that he's going to be your, your number one option. And I, I think he'll be, I, I, think he'll, I think he'll definitely still be important and pitch well, but I, I'm not sure that he's the he's going to be the, the go-to guy. Um, and I say that, and maybe he's totally revamped everything this winter and he comes out um, and has a crazy first half. But, if it's um, up to Brady, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds, if, it was, yeah. if it was up to Brady, he'd be traded. <laughs> like he was so absurdly good the first half of last he year was, too. Yeah, he was like better well, than Aroldis Chapman. Like it was insane. And a part part of that though, that I, I think I talked uh, with Dave Bush in the playoffs when he didn't make the roster, and he basically said they just burned him out and used him too often in in spots where they didn't necessarily need to. Um, and you know that's something that they were going to reevaluate heading into this year. So I mean, maybe if they use Barnes more selectively, um, he can be you know, more durable and, and be a better fit. But I think you need to have, I think you need to have another, obviously another couple arms there to just make it all work and make it more, more comfortable, I guess, if you will. hundred percent. We could sit here and talk hours upon hours about Matt Barnes and the hatred that Brady has. (laughs) But uh, I actually lied. I have two last questions for you. Uh, One baseball related and one about a, uh, another writer. Um, so when the Jackie Bradley Jr. trade was announced, uh, was that something that you saw coming? No, yeah, that was that definitely. Uh, I, guess, I was going to say out of left field, but I guess maybe out of right field. But yeah, that'll uh, that's another one of the questions that we have is what's Jackie's role? Is he going to be starting every day, or is he going to be more of a defensive, you know, replacement late in games? Um, you With know, that amount of money. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I'm I'm just as curious to see what they're going to do with him, you know, as everybody else and adding another outfielder if they're if they're in on the Seiya Suzuki, you know, sweepstakes as it as it seems like they are. Where is this where do all these guys fit? So yeah, are they going to maybe they try to like trade trade Jackie, I don't know, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they fit all these pieces in going forward, but yeah, um what where, you know, what does it mean for for Kike Hernandez? Does he move to second? Kind of all that. It's actually kind of funny because Kike was saying he was like, um, these kids down in in the minors gotta learn another position because center field's mine. Yeah. And then and then this this happens, and then there's a possibility that he'll be at second base. And then you gotta figure like what happens with Arroyo. It'll be a bummer to see if him go if he ends up getting moved. 
Such a hard oh, soul kind of guy. Jen, do you think Jackie can close by any chance? Do you think? <laughs> Shut up. Maybe that can be his role. Yeah. Maybe I'll learn a new position. A he's new, got a hell of an arm. Great arm. Yeah. If it was anybody in the outfield, it's going to be Doogie. Yeah, Verdugo. He's he's all on it. I'm trying to be a, all right. a two bad guy. So, so the last question, and it's not a Dean Shaughnessy uh, question. Um, it's nice. actually about Catillo. Is he really into that ice cream machine as he he keeps making it out to be? I think so. You know, I feel like I uh, I feel like I see him a lot. You know, with the with the ice cream scoops uh, in season, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like he's a big fan of that ice cream machine in the media dining room. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no ice cream machine today. It's down. A oh, bummer. <laughs> Who knew that that's the biggest perk of being a ball raider is is getting your ice cream? Except you're technically still supposed to be paying for it, so it's not like it's like we get free ice cream, but. Maybe maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, Jen. Uh, do you guys have any other questions for Jen before we let her go? No. Thank you so much, Jenna. I'm good, but but I appreciate everything. Yep. Absolute pleasure having you on. Can't wait to see what you write during the season, and hopefully the season starts soon. <laughs> it's got to be so boring trying to write right now. Yeah, we're uh, churning out some features, so hopefully that uh, keeps people entertained. But, yeah, it's it's been a little tough, so – yeah, I see that the prices kept dropping. People need to subscribe to the Athletic. I, I hate Absolutely. I hate I hate the stigma against like paying for sports writing because it's like it's good sports writing. It's told it's worth paying for. Like good reporting is worth paying for, and I I hate the stigma against it. Well, I just I just I saw agree. somebody the other day <laughs> put up a uh, good take. You had some questions, uh, a questionnaire for people to uh, answer for you. And somebody was like, well, why don't you make it free? And it's like, well, why don't you pay up. for it? It's literally $4. Yep. It's $3.99. That's, uh, that's definitely uh, something we hear pretty often. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you guys uh, subscribe. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully your, your listeners do too. So thanks uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for giving us the time. Thank you. Answering your uh, stupid questions. All right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thank you. Yep, take it easy. All right, gentlemen. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. Great to have Jen on. Um, hold on one second. Yeah, she's great. I mean, great yeah. writer. Yeah, I didn't you know, know if, she was stay- if she was staying around or, or not. So You know what would like, be great, though? Is, figure out what's going on. Like, what if other people walked into, like, other forms of media and just said, why should I have to pay for a newspaper? Why should I have to pay for, uh, you know, watching a movie? Right? Like... Well, she's I mean, so like, much I more for movies. Her and a lot of the writers on the Athletic have like so much more strength, like than I would in that situation where it's like, why are you making me? Why do I have to pay for this? I'm like, why don't you get a job and stop being broke? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> when well, I think it was last year, I think it was in 2020 actually. I I purchased the Athletic because they had a sale going on. I think it yeah. was originally like 9.99 a month or whatever, and they brought it down to like 5.99 a month during the pandemic, and. Yeah. They were able to get, I mean, right now it's four fucking dollars. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, seriously? You and it's can't... good sports running. Like, if you're a fucking sports guy. Like and it's a mega not sports just fan, baseball. It's sports. No, every sport. Like, anything you could think of. Like, there's just quality writing there. Yeah, like, I don't care about football. I don't care about basketball. I don't really care about hockey. And I really don't care all that much about, uh, about soccer or football. Um, but when it comes to baseball, man, I love, 
I'll click on the athletic and it's like sign in and I sign in and I read and it's just like, oh, God, okay. it's, like, it's like my morning newspaper, you know, like back in the like 70s, 80s and 90s when people like sat down and opened the newspaper and they're like reading. You got the dad sitting at the, the head of the table. And yeah, that's that's what the athletic is for me. You know what I'm not a big fan of? Matt Barnes. Yep. That checks out. I, I was waiting for you to tell her the story on why you don't like Matt Barnes. <sighs> I just, like, I, I really so wanted nice. to. I, I don't think that, you know, I want to hear that the game after my father died, everything was going great. And uh, Matt, Matt Barnes, Barnes he just takes a shit right on it and just lets Jose Abreu hit one to fucking heaven. And he's just like, there you go. This, you've had a really bad week on Twitter. It's crazy. You've What'd had you a bad say? week and a half. Uh, Fuck it. I'm just going to make it a little bit worse. Thanks, Matt Did you Barnes. say hi, Gail? No, I just realized I wasn't following her on Twitter. Like, Jen, I wasn't following her. I'm like, what the fuck? I follow her on The Athletic. I don't follow her on Twitter. Oh, look uh, at her DMs are closed. Tragic. I get it, yeah, though. Yeah, her, her, her DMs are closed. That makes uh, sense. Totally though. understandable. It. it really uh, is, like, honestly. And, and it's... At all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stupid. Um, not the reason that she has it closed, but... Um, I mean, she was able to answer us through her email, and that was fun. Um, and thanks, like again, Jen. If you if you end up listening to this, thanks so much for uh, giving us your time. And yeah, uh, it's a great pr- pleasure. Uh, Hogdale didn't ask one fucking question. Just no. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, I was happy. Hogdale, yeah, as Shad would say, I was just happy to be here. Uh, it's just yeah, a person yeah. I, you know, it's good to have her on. It's a person I respect. You know, I'm not calling you Hungdale anymore. I'm just calling you Tripod. Yes. <laughs> I'm just very I happy that out. Sapphire didn't open her fucking trap because she's sitting literally right next to me. Oh, man. Too bad there's no speakers out there. I'd be like, Sapphire. I'm surprised she couldn't hear you. She has really good hearing. So, you know, like, Jen brought up a really good point. She didn't say it this way, but this is what I took from it. What the fuck Brad is Barnes Jackie Bradley sucks. Jr.'s role in this team? Like, for real. Like, <laughs> what the really- it's 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 very confusing. Like, is he going to play right field if they have Saya come? If they are in on the Suzuki um, sweepstakes, which I I believe they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she said they are. She believes they are. But um, if he comes, I mean, did you notice we didn't ask a single thing about Schwarber? I I, oh yeah, that. there's so much shit going on with this team right now. Like so many like unanswered questions. Like yeah. what's going to happen after the lockout ends? Like, like do you think Matt that Barnes still on the fucking roster? It's not one of the questions. <laughs> that, that's definitely not one of the questions. It's because he has a contract extension. Yeah, <laughs> way to go, Heim. That's the that's the one move that fucking Brady's like. No, I'm fucked up there. That and Michael Walker are, are the two that I'm just gonna the hill Richard. I'm gonna fucking die on. My eye when she brought up, I completely slander. forgot that Waka was on the team. Honestly, yeah. I forgot that that we signed him. It's horrible. Ah, He'll be whatever. fine. We, you know, you know what makes up for that? Dick what? Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. Love that man. Uh, Would give Dick my Mountain. life for him. Yep. I wish they had more than one Dick Mountain. Like I wish Dick Mountain had like two or three twin brothers equally talented, and we could just have th- you know three fifths of the rotation just Dick Mountain. D- Deuce Mountain. Yeah, just fucking get ready for it. Because, you know, like, you're like, fuck, he screwed me up. And then the next day, it's like, here comes another one. <laughs> and just Imagine get... having a righty who throws, like, a Rich L, dude. Oh, like, seriously. Like lefty oh, lefty. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like how people compare Tanner Houck to uh, 
um, Chris Sale, the righty version of Chris Sale. Right. It's like, no, that's not true. But I mean, he's got that nasty slider. That's why they compare him to it. Imagine if there was just a righty version of uh, of Hill who just throws like a fucking forty mile per hour fucking curveball. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> you can't. You can't hit fucking it. hit it. Yeah, that's it. That's Dude, in that 2018 World Series, I was just like, how are we not fucking destroying this guy? And really they took. And then the fucking Dave Roberts decides to take him out, and then they get fucking hammered. Thank you, Dave Roberts, for the second again. Time. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. That checks out. Yep, sure does. Oh man! Oh yeah. <laughs> who else about- did I? Who else did we forget? Fuck is on this fucking team because I completely forgot about Waka. I mean, she said Waka, and I was like, "Holy fuck, I forgot!" Oh yeah, he is a Red Sox. <laughs> I think of Waka. I think of Cardinals. I do too. Yeah, because we uh, shelled him in the thirteen World Series. Yep, that checks out. Iowa boy. Love that man. He's like the Matt Barnes of starting pitching. Oh my lord! Not fuck off, all. dude. <laughs> Who would you rather have, Waka or Richards? Oh, Richards. Eh. Oh, fuck off, dude. Nah. No, no. Out Waka had some good years, though. I did too a long time ago. You know what Whatever. I mean? Like back in two thousand three. Oh, I was fire then, man. That was great. Glory when days Ma- for Brady. When Michael Waka was great, when I was great in the past, so was Waka. But it's been a while for both of us. You know, what in I mean? thirteen, Waka was like a, a young gun for the for those Cardinals. Like he came out of nowhere. Yeah, Joe Kelly was also a fucking young gun too for the Cardinals. True. So is okay. Alan Craig. Wonder if Joe Kelly's gonna. You know, I fuck. I fucking. I always have a problem with his fucking name because he has two first names. Oh yeah, two first names. I is, fucking it's a hate tough that scene. shit. The only oh, man Alan. who's ever pulled off two first names well is a Tom Brady. That's a true fact. Yeah, fuck that guy. No, I love that man. Fuck that guy. No. Yeah, fuck that guy. You're going to win his eighth Super Bowl this year and go all weep. Really good. Lose this weekend. Very good point, counterpoint that you guys are providing. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just wrecking my Oh, yeah. Engaging me. dialogue, as always, from the pesky report. You know, for great. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck it's... you, hot dog. Counterpoint. I don't, I don't fuck you. Tripod. <laughs> fuck you, tripod. It's not even. I don't even know like why that's a nickname. Like, where do they even get? I don't have. A, I don't even have a, a normal tripod. Three legger. Oh, you don't know what a. Tri- okay. He doesn't. Oh, get I get it now. I just thought about it. <laughs> I just thought yeah, about the, it for half a second. This is the evolution of Hungdale, right? In front of me. <laughs> All right. I'll First off, like- I never even heard Brad call me Hungdale one time. So. <laughs> Uh, I, Ed, I actually Ed and Brady had said it, and then Ed said it in the fucking chat. So I like, missed this. Hungdale uh, returns. I said it, and then Ed liked it. and I forgot all about it. Then Ed brought it back. Now I'll never forget ever again. Of course, because, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's now tripod. Him. It's definitely tripod from now on. Is it true that you were not allowed to wear shorts when you were in school due to like you know just personal conduct policies? I wasn't allowed to wear shorts because I was a fat fuck and my legs were ugly. <laughs> That's why. I guess I believe you, but still, the other way is much funnier. Much yeah. funnier. Uh, uh, I like how you changed your name. I, did, yeah. I didn't. That was you. <laughs> God oh damn it. That's unbelievable. Just really impressive, boys. Um, Mid-season form, really. Sterling pod, as always. Yep. 
at least Jen was entertaining. You know, we, we had her to fall back on. Great. She was great. Fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Love the fact that she came on. And I wanted to, I, I it's kind of sad that we ended it talking about Catello uh, of all people. The armadillo of that man. Yeah, you were talking about a fucking ice cream machine at the end of it. You're like, I got a hard pressing question to ask. This is the one. <laughs> Not I just even wanted to know. This is what this Sox guy, Nation needs to know. <laughs> a fellow colleague of yours, she really liked that fucking ice cream machine. <laughs> that's what you, that's what you're like. That's where you know? I went to. I went to it. Noted dairy drunkard Chris Catillo. <laughs> Are the rumors unfounded? <laughs> yeah. I don't even feel like, you know, that sh- that was a very – what a way to leave a lasting impression. You know, it, sometimes it's the first thing you say, but also sometimes the last thing you say. I'm just and if, I'm not going to start off. I'm going to be like, all right. You better hope the first thing is what she judges you on and not the fucking last all thing. All I know is – Well, like, the first thing I said was I used to be a Yankee fan. All I know used is to. like I'm very proud of how I opened up the pod. I, I really think I made you a good first impression. You fucking said shit. Yeah, I you know I said like why did she say that? That's what my mom says. It's true. <laughs> when she's dead inside, which is true. Why are you dead inside, Brad? <laughs> yeah, you just told a dad joke without being a fucking dad, man. I mean, like living the dream. Yep, I'm de- I am dead inside though. So I mean, like, like I said, if you I've said been... same day different shit, you could have said <laughs> that too. So much more respectable. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not the same day, different shit. It's been the same day, different shit since Thursday, pretty much. My God. Fire. 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 Yeah. I, I'm okay. fucking, I don't know how people can be unemployed. I fucking would not know. <laughs> Did you get to, like, on the way out, though, go up to, like, the coworker who you've always hated and walk up and just be like this, eat shit, and then walk out? Nah, I, I was, uh, I packed my stuff up and I walked out. No reason to burn any bridges in the field because you know one of those guys could be a manager somewhere else years from now. No, it's not. It's not even that. And uh, I'll talk to you guys about it afterwards. But it's I've I've burned bridges in the past, but I felt like this wasn't a bridge that I should have burned. Take a stapler. No, I didn't take my. I would. I would have honestly, right hand to God, I would have taken a stapler and been like, you know what, this shit's coming with me. I mean. there's plenty of things I probably could have taken, but I, I didn't take anything. You're a better man than they. You are much better because those yeah. post-its, post-its would burn a hole in my pocket. I, oh, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love colored post-its. I don't give a fuck. Who knows? I have like 10 of these. Hmm. See? Okay. A but they were in my home. desk. So That checks out. That does check out. All right, guys. Uh, so we are going to record on – are we recording Monday? Oh, yeah. Why not? All right. And then we're going to talk about the 2004 World Series. Ooh. We also have our uh, our 100th episode coming up. And this is episode number 96. So we've got four uh, four more weeks, basically, unless we do uh, t- do two episodes in one week. So uh, I have some pre-recorded special guests coming on. Um, I have one of our very first people to be on the podcast besides myself. Um, I have an ex, not an ex. I have a member of Locked On, uh, Locked On Podcast. Uh, no, we do not have Jeff Wax coming on. <clears throat> 
I've I've reached out to him, <sighs> and unfortunately, he he uh, has us blocked. So. Um, what a tragedy. Jeff, Jeff, if if you are listening, which I, I'm not sure if you you do, I doubt um, so, I doubt it. But you know, reach out. You have my email. Um, we can cross paths and get you on the podcast for a few moments and you can talk about uh, whatever when it comes to the Red Sox, because we didn't get to talk to you about the 20, the ending of the 2021 season. So, but um, yeah, pretty much uh, I tried reaching out to a bunch of people that we've had on in the past. Um, and uh, I have one more person I'm trying to reach out to and hopefully we can get them on. And oh, Brad, yeah. no- don't don't forget we're we're working on we let's not we're not going to uh, reveal anything. But yes, we are working on getting a 2004 World Series champion on the podcast. Um, not going to say who, you know, keep you in suspense and whatnot. Uh, but they they have been contacted, and uh, we have we have a legit ex baseball player. You know, this yep. would be our first. And uh, pretty excited about that, honestly. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. like super excited. And uh, I'll just give another hint: it's a uh, it's a World Series champion from 2004. Yep. Oh yeah. Can confirm. Yes. That's All true. Right, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to add in to the show? Sapphire says hi. Try hi. Sapphire, you good? Hey, did you you wanted to mention something about the NHL? You sent me a text message at like eleven o'clock last night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really optimistic. The NHL just changed their COVID. That was uh, something you should have asked Jen. I meant to that. Uh, now, if you are uh, was it asymptomatic when you have no symptoms? I don't want yeah right. Asymptomatic. If you're asymptomatic, they are going to discontinue testing uh, for players that are coming to the rink and fully healthy, feeling good. Um, which you know. Not that I'm a doctor in any way, shape, or form, but uh, the amount of athletes that say I feel totally fine, but I just tested positive, um, you know, hopefully that that cuts down. I mean, and if it's unsafe to do that, then I hope they don't do that. And if it is okay to do that, then my God, let's please start doing. Frankly, at the end of the day, sports is a business, and they pretty much are just taking what the NFL did, which, in my opinion, is the smart thing to do. The NHL's they've been postponing a fuck ton of games if you've been paying attention to them. Like they postpone yeah. a ton. And at the end of the day, they want to play their full season and they want to get to the playoffs and you know award the Stanley Cup so then by the time next year comes around, they'll have like a normal season. And like I, I don't I'm not gonna blame sports for doing that, you know? Like uh they want they want to play the games because they want to make money, because that's what the sports are for. Let's go Rangers. Go Leafs. Oh, so we're playing tonight. Fantastic. Oh, God. Are we? Yeah, they are, aren't oh, they? Yeah. That'll be fun. Go Whalers. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'll go go Whalers, bro. They play that at the uh, Hartford Yard Coats. You have the voice of something i don't know i have the face of a radio broadcaster (laughs) (laughs) and i have the voice of somebody who should be muted (laughs) 
That checks out. Thank you for listening to the Pesky Report. Make sure to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pesky Report. No matter what platform you're listening to us on, please make sure to leave us a review and a comment and let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.